Hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And um, I have something that was kind of... One, one of these interesting things happened in life. The other day we went to go see... There was a Cradle of Filth and Wednesday 13 concert. I'm like, hell yeah. I want to see both those guys. And I haven't seen Wednesday 13 since me and you went and saw them down in Fresno. You know, probably $12 six or eight show. Ago. Yeah, our $12 show where we, we bought our tickets online, and when we showed up to the event, they're like, you can buy tickets online? <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, here's the email that says I did. <laughs> Imagine if we were stingy enough bastards to get there and being like, well, it looks like you got to rebuy them again. Like, I'm not spending another $12. Let's get back in the car, drive another two hours back home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, well, that was, like, one of the greatest concert places we ever went to, because I remember there was that couch there, and it was like, oh, shit, we commandeered this couch. So the entire opening act bands, we were just fucking sitting on the couch, like, mid-level, like, it wasn't even like it was in the back, it was, like, dead center of, like, the concert, just this random-ass couch in the bar, and we were just sitting there fucking watching all the bands and just being able to take it. I was like, dude, this is the best concert experience ever. I wish I had a couch for everything. There we go. All right, now I can hear you. We were being, the, we were, the, we were just these two guys sitting on the couch. I don't know what you said, but people were like, "Are those guys producers?" Just sitting there with their arms crossed, waiting the whole time. Yeah, they're, they're like dead center of this concert. Like, so they must be something, somebody special. <laughs> no, I just didn't feel like standing until like the main band we wanted to see started playing. Yeah, but I mean, like that really was like think about it. Like, if every concert you could have a couch, wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I, I, mean, I would I really probably like go to more concerts if I knew there's a couch. <laughs> if, if I knew there's a couch waiting for me, and me specifically, like I'd have to get there early to get in front of the couch, I'd probably go to a lot more concerts. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so much nicer. You know what I mean? Because it's one of those ones, too, it's like you kind of forget, like, having a chair. Like, when we went to go see Kiss on their final tour, tour and we had the chairs, it's just like, ah, oh, it's so nice that if I ever want to take a break, I can just sit down. I know it sounds like such an old man thing, but it's like, after a while of standing there, my back starts to hurt. Well, I know I'm old and lame when we go to see, because uh, we went to go see, I'm not sure if we said this on the podcast, we went to go see Real Big Fish not too long ago, and a big mosh pit started and i didn't really think a mosh pit would start a real big fish but okay they started anything it seems like yeah but the thing is it's like okay you're you're in the mosh you're in the mosh okay whatever but people start spreading the mosh and then the thing is it's not so much the people slamming back and forth in you it's the assholes holding the beer (laughs) up above them and then they have their elbows out kind of like slamming into you and that's where, like, I was, this isn't me trying to be all, like, alpha male, like, chest pounding, but that's where, like, because I was, I, I just turned to you guys, like, I'm in the fuck out of this thing, because I was just, cause, like, you know, I was just like, I'm in the fuck out of this thing, so I'm about to punch this motherfucker next to me. I can't fucking do that, you know? So that's when I knew I was old and lame. It was like, this, these real big fish, oh boy, that concert was too wild for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like one of those ones when when I get to the point where I almost feel like I'm gonna have to fight somebody, I'm like maybe I should back off a little bit. It's uh, it's getting it's getting to that kind of interesting. And like I level. said, it's it's not the back and forth thing because I knew because I was literally at the point I just had my hand out, just literally pushing the guy back. Like, dude, fuck is <laughs> you know he just had his he was like <laughs> like had like two fucking beers in his hand, elbows up, jamming into the side of my fucking neck. I'm like motherfucker, I'm just about to. Sorry, I'm just. I'm stealing the, I'm hogging your story right now. But yeah, that just reminded me. Well, see, this is the thing is you, you got to go to like, I guess like the older people concerts. Cause I went to steel Panther, same event, same place in Sacramento, Ace of Spades and everything like that. 
And I was like pretty much front row. Well, not front row. I guess it was like second or third row, dead center. You know, right up there. You know what I mean? So close. I didn't even realize there's actually a platform when you're that close to the front that gives you like an extra two inches. And not a single person pushed. Mm-hmm. No waving. It was just like the most. It was just a bunch of people standing there like, yeah, music. <laughs> <laughs> Let's appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was. I mean, granted, here's the thing. Like, probably most people there were, like, 40 and up, I would say. You know what I mean? If you're kind of under 40 or a little bit from the, uh, you know, the, uh, I guess the younger, odd out crowd. But um, that was kind of Even nice. Even Steel like, Panther's a newer band, it's kind of like, oh, here's a hair metal band. It's yeah. kind of ironic, but at the same time, sounds, if you just put in the background, sounds like an actual hair metal band from the 80s. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how it is. It's pretty much, you know, I guess it's no different than kind of having almost those, like, Beatles cover bands in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's made for a certain demographic. But um, going to the Wednesday 13 one, this is what I wanted to say. This is what I thought was so interesting about Wednesday 13 playing. Because, once again, I haven't seen them in concert in a long time. I've been kind of wanting to see them again, and just, you know, how it signs goes with concerts. You know, you make some, you don't make the others. But um, I thought he did one of the most ballsiest things I've ever really seen a band do. He literally didn't play any of his old music. He only played the latest two albums. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's always kind of a... He pulled like a Neil Young or something like that. Like, fuck it, I'm doing what I want. I was just about to say, I'm like, should I compare Wednesday 13 to <laughs> Neil Young? I'm going to have to probably explain to do that, but... <laughs> well, that's how I always feel like Neil Young concerts are. Neil Young just goes like... This is what I felt like playing today. I don't give a fuck what you came here to hear. Neil fucking Young. Okay. Well, Neil Young, that, that's what he would do if he went to, and he doesn't do it anymore since his wife broke up. He says, I don't give a shit about your fucking school now. This bridge benefit is no longer a thing. So bridge benefit, he's like, what? You paid $25 to see like like 16 huge bands acoustically. The fuck are you going to complain about? Oh, I only played Old Man and Heart of Gold of all my old songs. Fuck you. Like, all right, Neil, just, there's kids on the stage. They don't know what the fuck I'm saying. They're retarded. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, God, Neil Young's going off again. Well, I remember, like, every time, too, he, and he'd find, like, some song that's, like, 25 minutes to play. Like, yeah, this will fill up the Neil Young time slot. So he's playing the most longest-ass song ever. Like, he's kind of, like, almost like some type of experimental, like, progressive rock band. But it's like, he's Neil Young. He's great, but he's not, like... I feel like he's not made to have these really long songs. He's not Rush or, like, Genesis or something like that. He's just going off the same riff for, you know, God knows how long. Well, first off, I'm going to say this. You're right, he's not Genesis. He's better than Genesis. Yeah, he definitely is better than Genesis. (laughs) But, and I know a lot of prog rock fans are like, shut the fuck up. But Neil Young's one of those guys who he just, he's one of my favorite artists, but he's one of those guys who, if he records something, I already recorded it, just throw it out there, I don't fucking care. And part of me respects that, but at the same time, I mean, you know, there's, I, don't, I don't think I have a Neil Young album I hate or dislike, but there's definitely ones that are better than the others. And when you go see him at Bridge Benefit, it would be whatever just came out that year, maybe the newest album, and then maybe two old songs. And he would do he would do these weird like aside from like Down by the River, which is um which is like a ten minute song, but it's a really good ten minute song. There'd be these other ones where it's just like When God made me what was he like? Okay, Neil, I know you're kind of getting in your later years, but <laughs> he's getting all reflective and shit. And like, sorry, I wasn't along for the ride, but you know, I'm just 
<laughs> There's nothing wrong with playing some Crazy Horse. Just saying. Yeah. Something off Zumba, maybe? Well, I mean, for Wednesday 13, man, granted, we will say that he is one of those guys who does change his image, does change, like, not technically his name, but his band names, like, all the time. So it's not out of the question, I guess, for him as much, but I still felt like it was kind of a little bit odd, because it's like, the, the new albums he has, like, the, the two of them, they're good. The, there's only one thing kind of missing in them. They kind of are missing the fun factors. What I always thought made Wednesday 13 for like 20 plus years amazing is that he always kind of had that fun level, sort of no different than Steel Panther or something, like in his tunes where it's like you're almost having like this cool heavy metal punk rock gothic thing, and then it's kind of fun and a little bit funny all at the same time. It's like, well, that's kind of cool. And then these new ones, it's almost like he's going kind of serious metal. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it. They've never took me serious before. It's like if Weird Al came out, he's like, no more comedy. That's it. We're not doing it. I want to be taken serious now. I'm not doing I Love Rocky Road or the Slim Shady parody song anymore. Fuck that. Yeah, those guys put on my Stairway to Heaven. No, not a parody of Stairway to Heaven. Literally, my Stairway to Heaven. Well, that that's even kind of weird because it's kind of hard to be taken seriously after you like. Let's do a funny, upbeat song about corpse fucking. <laughs> yeah, when like and a few of those songs too, not just one. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny because it's like you know how many corpse fucking songs do you got? Oh well, I mean, let me get might be going to two hands for this one. Well, the one thing I thought was just kind of odd, though, is like, I remember, like, the whole time of thing of, like, okay, he play, he's going to play some of his new ones first, you know what I mean, whatever, but he's going to be, there's no way he's not going to play something from Frankenstein Drag Queens or something from Murder Dolls. That, that, that would be silly if he didn't do that. That's like the Rolling Stones only playing their 90s and up albums. Yeah, it's like you go out there only playing, like, fucking Voodoo Lounge or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyone seen my baby? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just just imagine going to a Stones concert and being like, yeah, we, we don't play shit, be, you know, uh, before 1995. That would be fucking weird, right? That would be a little off. You know I mean, what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. All my favorite songs by the Stones are the stuff you don't hear on the radio other than Paint It Black or Gimme Shelter. But... Every, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying, though. So, for him... Well, at the same time, though... I don't know. I don't know Wednesday 13 like you. I mean, we both met him at the one show, which was cool, but I know you're a much bigger fan of him than I am, and um, I think it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I imagine his fans really stand out. Maybe maybe he's thinking, like, you know what, I'm not, like, huge, huge, so I could probably get away with this shit. But then again, though, his fans stand out. You know, his fans follow him, so you, it's probably one of those things where you think you would go somewhere down the middle with that. Yeah. I saw Deer Tick play at uh, um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, at the... Uh, bottom of the Hill? What? At Bottom of the Hill? Not Bottom of the Hill. I mean, uh, the, whatchamacallit. I forget what it's what the festival's called. Uh, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass? Mm-hmm. They played there, and they, half the songs they did were off their new album, but everything else was was picked, cherry-picked from all over their career, and they did, like, a cover or two. So it's like, you know, I, I kind of understand if you want to do a lot of your new stuff, but at the same time, it's just, you know. Well, I always feel like the good equation is you do 50% kind of like your new stuff. You know what I mean? As long as you still have a bunch of new albums that coming out, you know what I mean? So if that's the album you're sort of touring on, I kind of get, like, that's probably 50% of it. But I also feel like the other 50%, 
should probably be some of your old stuff. And the weird thing, too, if I think with Wednesday 13 is he's a guy who's, like, re-recorded a lot of his music over and over and over again. So I assume that means you kind of like it. It's not like he doesn't like it anymore. But it was kind of odd. It made me kind of wonder. I'm like, did he just, like, kind of give up on all that other stuff? It's like, fuck it. We ain't doing that anymore. What about 1976-66? Nope, I don't care. Not doing it. How about Rambo? You recorded it, like, six times. You ain't getting Rambo. That ain't an encore song. It's like, oh. Because, I mean, the weird thing, too, is I remember, like, he 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 kept doing like outfit changes and so on, and he came back out at one point and he had like that kind of like sailor's looking captain hat thing on. It was like, oh shit, he's got the captain hat on. We know where we're going with this. And then like he still never played the old stuff. And I was like, oh, I thought I thought the captain hat was leading that towards there. No, he's just trying to blue ball you. <laughs> yeah, it was. I felt because he was dressed like you know Wednesday thirteen two thousand four maybe you know what I mean or two thousand six even. And I was like, oh shit, we're going back there. And then it's like, nope, no, not not getting that. As I said, it was still it was still a good concert, but it was just like one of those ones. I was like, that's kind of ballsy. I don't think I've ever seen because even Neil Young still at least play one or two old songs, you know. Where Wednesday Thirteen, like not a single song off of anything but the last two albums he did. I just thought that was kind of weird for a guy who has you know probably fifteen albums, sixteen albums. That's a lot of material to like kind of just bypass. Maybe he's just like you know what. Fuck it, maybe just reach that Neil Young point. Like, you know, this is all it's ever going to be, so fuck it, don't care, is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and it was one of those ones, like, the audience was still into it. It wasn't like, you didn't see, like, people go like, oh, man, it seemed like they were they were into it. So maybe he's almost got this brand new set of fans, too, at the same time, you know? Because it seems like everybody I know who likes Wednesday 13 for his entire career, it's kind of like those last two albums were like, well, they're good, but, you know, not, not really the same thing, you know what I mean? They're almost like a 90s Stones album, you know? It's, they're not bad. You can throw them on and everything like that, but they aren't going to be, like, your, you know, occasional rotation, you know what I mean? Yeah, Voodoo Lounge isn't that good. I don't know. Maybe I have to go back to that one. But, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, though. Um, there's some Neil Young albums that came out in the 90s, to go back to that for a second, since we're making that comparison, um, where it's just like, oh, it's kind of, I guess, compared to him and some other stuff. It's kind of later Neil Young. I was like, actually, this is surprisingly good. Okay, it's different, but it's surprisingly good, you know? Well, there's but some bands, he... like, it's kind of like Bruce Springsteen and, like, uh, Kiss and so on, where, like, their later albums are all pretty much just as good. I like a lot of later Springsteen stuff. Yeah. Like, Wrecking Ball, I really liked. Yeah, so it's like one of those ones where some bands, I feel, that, like, almost sometimes get kind of better with age, and I actually think most bands sort of do. I think it's just with the Wednesday 13 one, it's just like, as I said, it's, it's good, and it's heavier, but it just feels like, well, it's just missing the fun factor, and I feel like, it's almost like if you went to Steel Panther, and they're like, we're, we're just gonna be serious from now on, no, none of this, none of this funny shit. <laughs> the thing that they sold themselves on the whole time, yeah. the funny hair metal band. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean, I feel like it would feel kind of odd, be like, no, we're not cracking jokes in between songs anymore, nope, that's over, you don't get that. <laughs> They just, like, sit down on the stage, like, Axl Rose style. Okay, if you tell you guys calm down, stop laughing. We're, we're just going to sit here and wait. You, how do you guys like Say that? Say a joke about eating pussy! <laughs> Take that guy out. Get that guy. Get him the fuck out of here. He doesn't belong here. That is disrespectful to us and to our wives. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't need that, that riffraff here. We are here to enjoy music. <laughs> now gather around. Light some candles. Bring out the acoustic guitar. There's a different side you have not seen of us. Oh, you know, you know, was another funny thing of this concert. I have to kind of point out there was this guy that was like, because we were kind of like up on the riser to the left side, pretty much the exact opposite we were at that real big fish concert at Ace of Spades. And um, it was actually that's kind of a nice spot to be because nobody's pushing you. You get you're high enough so you're like level with the band almost, looking at them, you know. And it's 
kind of a nice spot, you know? And if you want a bar, it's r- literally right behind you. But um, there was this guy, this older gentleman, standing there, um, pretty much as security for, like, the bands coming through, like, the lower-end bands, I guess. It, well, the weird thing is, like, it's like Wednesday 13, all his band members came on a different side of the stage than he did. Didn't that happen last time? Yeah, well, I think something like that happened, too, so... Well, when we saw him the first time, well, when I saw him, when I saw him, actually, the only time I saw him, um... Because they all were dudes, like, in pale makeup and black hair. Like, there he is! Oh, wait, no, 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 it's just, that's his bass player. There he is! Oh, wait, that's just, that's just, a, that's just a, that's a guitar player. There he is! Oh, wait, no, no, it's just a guy carrying drumsticks. Not the drummer, he's just a guy helping set stuff up. Even the roadies got to dress like that, okay. Right. But, no, it's still like that. Every single member pretty much looks like a Wednesday 13 kind of clone. <laughs> they, they all have maybe one thing slightly different about them. You know, that's about it, though. But, I don't know, it must be, like, part of the band description. You have to look like Wednesday 13. This guy has a ponytail. This guy shaves half has... his head. Yeah, this guy has a lip ring. <laughs> but uh, there was this older guy standing security for like everybody kind of coming through there and so on. But he had like a punchline sweatshirt on. You know, like this place we went and saw Christopher Titus in Sacramento. Yeah. So you know that he was probably just called in like, hey, Dave, you know, um, we got to need somebody to fill in at Ace of Spades tonight. You think you could do security? Well, oh, yeah, I think I could do it. What kind of music is it? Well, it's kind of a little bit of a odd metal, I guess. You know, I think they, you know, what the kids might refer to as gothic or black. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Concert's a concert, right? You know? And so this guy stand there doing security. And the first band that was up is called Raven Black. And they're pretty neat, too. They're kind of in that similar, like, kind of you know, scary clown, gothic rock. You know, they they fit in well with Cradle of Filth and Wednesday 13. And the singer's like this female, and she kind of has this, like, almost animatronic, like, movement going on as she's mm-hmm. singing. Like, if you're at, like, a theme park, like, that the Joker set up or something like that, because that's really what the band felt like. It felt like the band that would play behind the Joker. And <laughs> this guy literally did the thing where he did, like, the old double take. He looked over once, kind of turned back, and then looked again like, the fuck? Is that, what's going on? Is that the concert that I showed up to? Shit, I didn't even know what I signed up for. Am I protecting animatronic puppets? Is this a real thing? Or they set them up that quickly? Shit. <laughs> and it was just like it was just so funny because you could just kind of tell. I mean, the guy wasn't. I mean, he was you know probably like later fifties or something like that. But you know that like one of the ones like yeah, I got this nice gig over at the comedy club. It's quiet. You know, people are pretty pretty tame for the most part. Oh, this dude is a bouncer in his 60s. You know he has to have a tattoo of Dalton from Roadhouse. Oh, you you know he does. You know that was, like, the idol. (laughs) He had to, to, like, take a day off the day Swayze died. It was it, yeah. Everybody did. Everybody who was a bouncer or cooler had to. But, um... I just like to imagine the day Swayze died. Like, there's just, like, one bouncer, like, you know, fires a signal up into the sky. All the bouncers look out there like, It's happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they they got like that old, old like chinese signal si- system that like just like keep lighting like lights every like you know five miles or so in the distance like there's red there's red smoke coming out of a chimney somewhere like oh swayze has passed all bouncers take a day off it's understandable <laughs> red morning oh uh, yeah that that's probably be what it was like but um but yeah, no, over- I blame it. I don't blame him. I get it. I know. I understand. That was, that was a hard day when Swayze went. You know what I mean? It was, you know, it's like, damn, he's in like two, two movies that are like in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Like that's, uh, that, that, that's a hard one to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But um, but yeah, the rest of that concert was great. Cradle of Filth once again killed it like nobody else. It's like that band blows me away, like how good they are and how how long they play for. And it goes to show that you could be like almost fifty years old and like still fucking like kick ass and like death metal. It's interesting. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. Well, I guess you know, it's well. I guess there's that thing like parents say like oh it's just a phase you'll get out of it but then all of a sudden like well, these guys are like man I thought this was cool and I, I just like to imagine I'm sure those guys are into it but I just like to imagine somebody's just like man I was into whole goth makeup and all the you know screaming into a microphone thing when I was in my 20s but fuck it's what pays the bills I'm really tired of it but it's all that pays the fucking bills now shit <laughs> yeah stick with it it's a phase but I gotta just keep this shit rolling I guess cause some people just discovered me the other day and I gotta perform for them alright well, it's the... Let's get the platform shoes and the goth makeup. Yeah, well, it's funny, too, because, like, Danny Phillip even had, like, sort of a different, like, kind of goth makeup look. He had sort of, like, felt like the pirate version of him. He almost looked like he was ready to be on the set with, like, Johnny Depp on the next Pirates of the Caribbean or something. Now you gotta mix it up after <laughs> as long as he's been doing it. Yeah. Well, they were, weren't they in Ace Ventura? Or no, that was Campbell That's Corpse, Campbell Corpse. But the, the weird thing is, though, is that they're pretty much just as old as that. It's, it's something you don't really think about, but, like, both Wednesday 13 and Cradle of Filth, it's like those bands are, like, 30 years old or something like that. They're, like, as old as Sonic the Hedgehog. Fucking weird when you think yeah. about it like that. Sonic's, wow, Sonic will be coming up on 30 pretty soon. That's crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it's like, the way I look at it, I'm like, God damn it, these bands are pretty much classic. If pretty much, like, Soundgarden and Nirvana and Guns N' Roses are, like, in the classic rock category, these guys are, like, all of, like, two years away from that. I'm not sure if I said this on the podcast, but um, back when I used to work at the bike rental job, uh, there's a location. I don't work frequently, but once in a while I'd work over around uh, Pier 39. And, uh, oh, I gotta say, like, I ran Pier 39. It was under my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when somebody's business was acting up, I went and shook them down. I told them what's what. I just Slammed yeah, my their office. face down into, like, a pile of crabs. Yeah, I did it in front of the tourist. They like that sort of shit. They tip me afterwards, too. <laughs> the kid would cover his eyes like, Make him watch! He must know the law! <laughs> I, I toss the bodies into the sea lions. Watch them ravage it. They really just kind of end up being like a hump fest, but you know what I mean? That guy learned his lesson. That'd be scary. Just like, rah, rah, rah! Just flopping towards some guy. <laughs> <laughs> no! No! It's mating season. Watch out. Who's going against the pier? <laughs> Who, I ask? <laughs> it's what I thought. I'm all dressed like Boss Hog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're driving your car across the pier. People are jumping out of the way. I have a peg leg or something just to keep in the spirit with it all. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't actually that high up. I was working, I was running a, a one of the uh, bike stands around that area. And they would always be playing, like... Whether it was top 40 or major classics, you know, ranging from probably, you know, the uh, 90s to now. And they were, I want to say, something off American Idiot. It wasn't American Idiot, but something off Green Day American Idiot came on. And that's not even, like, classic rock by this point. But it came on the radio. And I was working with this girl who just started, and she's probably, like, 18 or 19. As we're setting up, I'm just like, huh. And she's like, what? Like, oh, this song, like, what about it? Oh, it just reminds me of high school. She's like, why does it remind you of high school? I'm like, because this album came out the year I graduated. And then she looks at me, she's like, damn, bro. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and then like, yeah, shit, like I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> and then she just she pauses. She just looks at me like, "Were you, were you like sad when Kurt Cobain died? Like I, I was, <laughs> I was six. I was like six or seven, <laughs> so I wasn't really aware of it. I found out later. I thought it was kind of sad, but at the moment, I didn't really get know who he was. I knew his songs. It's just like, man, was it." What was it like not having like internet? Like we we had internet, just didn't come around. Until, <laughs> just okay. you you had to be rich Go to have it the in the nineties. <laughs> no poor person had internet till maybe the late nineties. Yeah. It's like we ha- got it later. It ain't just okay. Now just go, just go do fucking. I don't know. Go unload the fucking bikes. <laughs> I well that feed you to the fucking sea lions. <laughs> feed you to the goddamn sea lions. That's where you belong. <laughs> Well, that's like the thing too. It's like when you listen to classic rock stations now, and like Green Day comes on that, they're like, "Let's hear another old tune from the Green Day Boys." It's like, "Oh, oh okay, oh, that's a huh. oh, almost like you're like driving the car and you hear that, and you almost like your heart stops for a second. Like, oh god, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm there. This is the life I am now. <laughs> I, I am now in the classic rock section. Oh, hey." I mean, well, that's granted, also this shouldn't have phased where... me because as a kid, I grew up only listening to classic rock. It, it, it's weird that now as an adult, for some reason, like when I hear music of my generation, it throws me off a bit when it's a classic rock thing. Well, plus now that makes older folks not listen to classic rock stations. It's like, yeah, you know, for a while I'd put up with some of the Guns N' Roses bullshit with a little bit of the Metallica. But now it's like they're playing the fucking Chili Pepper Boys and... <laughs> Fucking like Jane's Addiction, you know, when Jane's Addiction comes on after Love Me Do, and it's not like an all around classic rock, it's not an all around rock station, it's classic rock. That's like, oh, that's what time it is. Right. Yeah, we're, that's it. And then Killing in the Name of comes on next. Killing in the Name of comes on right after, like, okay, that was the bird's turn. Now we're playing, now we're gonna play. I just have to just imagine that, like, for, what was it? Like, turn, 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 everything. I remember. I'm forgetting the lyric. Oh wait, no, a time, a time to. It's like a Bob Dylan song. The birds did. I'm drawing up. Like, I think Bob Dylan wrote it. But I'm drawing a blank on the action. Is it time or turn? It's something like that. Whatever. No, it, it does go turn, turn, turn. turn, turn something, yeah. something turns, turn, turns, turn. turn. Yeah, that song. Okay, so I am right, and then. And then just leading into like, because I do what I told you, because I do what you told you. Because because the added version too, so it has that weird like spacing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know those those things are odd, but um, well, I guess that's just the way the world works. As things go on, we're older and we're dying. Yeah, but hey, it, it's not, the world's not a bad place. No, it's no, we, we have it's, cho- it, there's there's fucked up shit, but there's still good things about it. So. Shit, we get choices galore. That that's how I always look at. It. Whenever somebody fucking like is disrespectful about like almost like the amount of shit they get, that fucking pisses me off because I'm like, you know what? You could not have any of this stuff. We have ten thousand times more choices than we had as kids in the '90s, and I'm grateful every fucking minute that I get so much sweet music. Tons of great movies every fucking day, along with video games, comics, and regular books, and so on. Like, goddamn right, does it feel good? Which leads me into sort of our <clears throat> main topic, I guess you'd say. Um, so, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel, depends. If you're in Sonora, it's Miss Marvel, apparently. Well, shit, that's what I typed in when I was looking up for like the tickets or whatever. I just literally typed Miss Marvel, and it popped right up. So I'm like, oh, okay, there we go. And here's here's the thing. I got to say this because here's. My day, 
Captain Marvel is a DC character who is now called Shazam. That's Captain Marvel for everybody. Miss Marvel was always Miss Marvel. Shit, she was just a, you know, a lady that was flying around and one day Rogue grabbed her and saved her, but next thing you know, she sucked all the powers out of her that she was in a coma for like 15 fucking years. That's Miss Marvel. So here's the way it worked, I guess. There is, Sh- there is Sh- who's now Shazam, which was Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. back for DC. And then Marvel had their own Captain Marvel, but it was a dude. Yeah. And then there's a spinoff character, Miss Marvel, who that's always came to mind with Carol Danvers. And I guess, well, the, I don't know. Well, there's that, and then there's, there's the Black Lady version in, like, the late 70s. And all I remember is because I have this one Avengers, like, giant, thick-ass book from, like, 1978. And it's got, like, a lot of her origin stuff in there, too. But there's a panel in there where Spider-Man is literally just back-slapping fucking black Miss Marvel across the face. <laughs> Out of con- like, I, is I, it like she was... She's under, like, control is it he thought she was- or something. There, there's, there's, a re- there's a good reason behind it. <laughs> but let's just say if that's... It's not just one of those, like... It's not just one of those old-timey hangovers, like, shut up, you damn woman! Like that. Let the boys talk! No, no, it's not one of those ones. But out of context, it would look very odd. Because <laughs> I, I don't think the one panel explains how that happened. I think you had to read the whole page. But I just remember laughing so fucking hard, like, here's Miss Marvel. Here's fucking Peter Parker, fucking... And it's like one of those ones where it's got, like, that Jack Kirby-like fucking slap, so it looks, like, ten times more intense than anything else. Like, a lot of, like, like a lot of impact lines and shit. Yeah, like, it's not Jack Kirby drawing it, but you can totally tell it's the point where everybody wanted to be Jack Kirby for so many years. But, uh... It's one of those things where, um... I just want to mention this one about Jack Kirby real quick. I actually managed to get a, like one of those massive like old like collections of like Jack Kirby's work on Mister Miracle, mm-hmm. and some of the reading is a little like not god awful or anything, but it's like oh it's a little dated. But the artwork is still fucking amazing. Like looking at what he did back then, like so just badass. the artwork alone, his artwork alone is worth getting that book for. Anyway, um, and it's funny to I gotta say this DC at the time period when Jack Kirby was there, they're like. Dude, that guy's fucking shit. He just draws squares. Everybody's a fucking square. Like, why can't he learn to draw people looking like humans? <laughs> and sure enough, he was, like, the guy everyone wanted to be for a while. Yeah, exactly. Goes to show that, like, generally, like, more character-like art will work better than just trying to be realistic or whatnot. Here's... I want to say this, and I we are always we're on the record of being more DC fans than Marvel. I still love Marvel, but more, more DC people. Um... I think Marvel, because, you know, it kind of switches back and forth of who's in the lead usually most of the time. Not saying they both can't have good books out at the same time, but it just kind of switches on who's in the lead. I feel like Marvel essentially pitches and gets some of the good ideas rolling and gets gets it out the door. And they're the ones that kind of like are a little bit of the forerunners for a lot of stuff. But then DC, after a little bit of trial and error they figure out, oh, wait, we can do it like this and actually kind of improve upon it until they run down to the ground and then Marvel, you know, you know what I'm saying? Not saying they pick it or, or not saying they cherry pick it, but there's that period where Marvel was just very, uh, well, you know, they, like they, they're the ones that kind of like, let's give him a lot more dimension. Let's like Spider-Man, let's make him like an everyday, everyday man <clears throat> who's having trouble. Let's make Iron Man an alcoholic. Let's make Hulk a sympathetic monster. And then Mar- D- DC's like, mm, let's try traveling heroes. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely one of those ones where I feel like Marvel's very, like, jumped the gun to being, like, experimental, which that can kind of go multiple ways, because that's how I feel like a Marvel book sort of goes. Like, a Marvel book can be, like, one of the most amazing books you read, and then you can get kind of a lot of lackluster ones, too, where I feel DC kind of, like, steps back, sort of watches, and then goes, okay, let's dial this in, because I always just feel like, I mean, I know this probably just sounds like a DC fan over, like, a Marvel fan, but I feel like when I pick up a DC book, I have a higher chance of it being, like, a good one than like a bad one where like marvels always feel kind of like you're rolling the dice on every single issue like sometimes you get a story like dude that story is fucking amazing and then you'll get like another section of stories and you'll go like god that was fucking stupid <laughs> i don't know i'm still a big i still really like a lot of marvel stuff like i was doing the math in my head and even though i'm probably more of a dc guy i think just because the dc characters i like more than most marvel characters but i'm kind of like compared to marvel and dc books i read they are kind of like half and half really but, I mean, I like Batman, I like Superman, I like Swamp Thing more than most Marvel characters. So, more than any Marvel character. So, out of that, this is one of those things where it's like, okay, you know. But, um, that being said, Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel, whichever version you go with, Cap- like, Carol Danvers, who's now Captain Marvel, was Miss Marvel for a very long time. Yeah. And they recently, I guess they thought, you know what, I guess let's make her Captain Marvel, because Captain Marvel's not even really all that... Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think Captain Marvel is that popular of a character anymore. People didn't really give a shit about Marvel for a while, it seems. I mean, I'm sure he has his fans, but I don't see. I don't, whenever there's a big event going on, I would rarely see him. Where I would always see Carol Danvers along with him, along with like you know whoever. Whenever there's like some big crossover event, because there's that period where like every other month for like five years, there's a major crossover event in. Carol Danvers was always there to some extent. And she was one of those characters I never really disliked. And, you know, she was all right. But I feel like this is kind of like the thing with the movie. Let me just sit with the movie real quick. I liked the movie. I wasn't blown away, but I liked it, you know? Yeah, that's how I felt, too. I felt it's a very solid center-of-the-road movie for a superhero one. You know, at the end of the day, like, I think there's nothing really wrong with it, but it's not pure amazing either. You know what I mean? It's just, it's solid. It's solid good. You know, you can't really complain, but there could be mm-hmm. things that are a little bit more exciting in it. See, because the thing about me is like, yeah, Miss Marvel, I think, is like that Captain Marvel character. The main reason I think he never really exists that much in Marvel is because Captain Marvel, when people said that back in the day, they just thought Shazam. It was That's where it went to. Only recently have they really tried to t- stir that ship away. That, like, makes people, like, kind of forget that Captain Marvel. But for the longest time, Captain Marvel was just Shazam. That, that was just what it was. So I think in Marvel, they're kind of like, shit, our character was not nearly popular enough. Well, we got Miss Marvel, so she's got a different name. So let's just kind of use her instead. Because Avengers books from, like, the 70s on up, like, seem to always have her in it at some point here and there. And whether it be, you know, Carol or whether it be the other Captain Mar- or the Miss Marvel girls and so on. I think her friend, who was the pilot, I think that was meant to be, I might be wrong here. But I think that was the Miss Marvel from, like, the 70s. And that's what I was kind of wondering, too. I'm like, because it's one of those characters that, like, really all I know about her is, like, that X-Men episode where Rogue absorbs all her powers. And then she's in fucking a coma for, like, 15 years. And I think that, that was a long time period. Because, mm-hmm. really, for the most part, people used to always think that Rogue's powers were just like, oh, she has super strength. You know what I mean? She can fly. And then um, she absorbs people. That's like her, like, secondary. Almost like kind of like Wolverine. Most people think, oh, Wolverine's powers are his claws. Well, no, it's his healing ability. Oh, oh, yeah, I thought that was the secondary ability. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> and I think for that, and, you know, I mean, like, literally, I think from, like, the late 80s all the way on to, like, you know, 
till I think uh, Ultimate X Men, pretty much Rogue was always in that like or there was no Miss Marvel in a sense. She's just been in coma because they're like shit. Rogue absorbed those powers. How the fuck do we tell a story with Miss Marvel now? Yeah, well, I also think, um, well, just going to this movie because this movie did great. It did great in the box office, and the reviews are kind of like overall like, oh, not amazing, but good. That's kind of what I've heard. You know, it seems to be almost just a lot of that. Or it seems to be, like, that's kind of like what it seems to be most, like, neutral people. People who eat, but then there's the people who, because, you know, Brie Larson came out and said that, you know, the she thinks there needs to be more diversity in critics or whatever. And out of that, that, that just made, like, I don't know, it's one of those lines, like, it doesn't really bother me either way, but... Then, like, you know, you have all these guys just way overreacting. Oh, she, she hates white dudes! Like, she doesn't hate white dudes. She maybe didn't word the thing as good as she could have. But, no, she hates white dudes! <laughs> and then you got all the people that are just like, no, this movie's amazing. Why? Because it's starring a strong, independent woman. Like, uh, Wonder Woman <laughs> did it a little better than this movie, I think. But... It's one of those things, like, I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was good, but I, I noticed there's just this big divide between people thinking it's either complete and utter dog shit, or it's the best one ever, because, oh, she's a strong, independent lady or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, it feels like they're, they're not even looking at the movie itself, they're just kind of judging it based on, like, what it kind of maybe represents, if I can say that. So that's just like the little bitch category is what I call it. You know, the people who fucking, you know what? Fuck you. Get out of America. That's all I have to say. If you don't like fucking movies, get the fuck out of here. Because here's the thing. There's nothing fucking wrong with this movie. It's not amazing, but there ain't fucking anything wrong with it. It's a good, solid, damn center of the road movie. And you should just respect it for what the fuck it is. You know, what it feels like to me, it reminds me like this movie should have came out like during like the first run. Like Iron Man 1, Thor 1. It feels like it's in that category. Like that's how it came across to me. It's kind of like the starter films. And I think that's almost what they were going for. In my opinion, I'm assuming that's what they wanted. They wanted to like tone it back, make it kind of simple, and just go like, okay, let's take the bells and whistles out. You know what I mean? We'll just focus on just a couple of characters. And boom, that's the story that they chose and went with. And the only thing that's kind of weird about that, though, is because I always think of Miss Marvel is like, she's supposed to be pretty much like the Superman of Marvel comics. And it's like, here's the thing. It's like, you got the Superman of Marvel comics, and you're fucking running around all over the place and driving cars and shit. Like, it's kind of fucking weird. You know what I mean? I, I feel like there should be more flying and throwing and like, it, it, what, it, what it almost needed is it needed like a fight, like Man of Steel. Like, that's probably the best way I can say it. You know what I mean? Just one of those like 20 minute fucking like throwdowns. Well, I'll even say this. In Man of Steel, it seems like it's a long fight, but it's only like five or four minutes. Is it, but it, always, seems it always so... feels like that whole, like... Well, I'm talking about from Smallville all the way into, the like, the end. Oh, yeah, there's little, like, breaks between there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's little breaks, but for that whole, like, last act of that movie, feels like... It, that's a long battle. I guess maybe also because in no other Superman movie beforehand that we ever have, like, fucking thro throwdowns happening and just slamming people around and so on. And that, to me, was about the only thing I felt this movie was kind of missing. Like, I think the rest of it was all pretty darn good, but she really doesn't get her powers to the very, very end, and then she's fighting a bunch of people that have pretty much not enough power compared to her, so it has that same Wonder Woman feel where, like, oh, here's Wonder Woman, and uh, or here's even Miss Marvel, and here's, she's super overpowered, and she has nobody really to fight. <laughs> well, that's the thing about the movie is, 
like I said, I thought it was fun. I, I have no problem, because this movie is trying to be a... Uh, this movie does have an agenda to an extent, but it's not like some like man-hating agenda that people are making it out to yeah, be. There's, no, there's actually like said, no man-hating in it really whatsoever. Shit, Samuel Jackson's doing great the whole time. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what people, you know, you have people say that, like, they're trying to make all the men weaker, because they can't have a, they make Jude Law look bad, or whatever, you know, like, that type of shit, you know, it's all, and it, the people saying that, Grant, you know, the people always, always say that, like, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, because YouTube just recommends it to me, but every so often, you'll see some, like, review, like, you know, like, it says like Captain Marvel, and then there's some guy with. I mean, granted, I got a beard, but there's there's like some really pudgy dude in glasses with a beard, with his arms up like ah, and just like when I see those videos, right. I tell YouTube not to show me that shit anymore. <laughs> I usually don't. I usually like just turn them off, but I'm like, I gotta challenge my own sensibilities here. What is it? Oh, exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Okay, yeah, block. So, but the thing is, I I, I don't think she's a fully. Um, I don't think she's fully as realized other characters they've had movies on and I think they are trying to ride that whole you know let's try to be I think they're trying to hope for a Black Panther for girls I think essentially that's what this movie was hoping for and it didn't do as, as good of a job as that but it was still a fun movie you know and that's mm-hmm. all you kind of really wanted to go see really at the end of the, that's all I really wanted to see at the end of the day um, yeah it, was, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't Ant-Man and the Wasp at least that's <laughs> Yeah, it was way better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp is probably the worst I, I, one I ha- they've made. I think so, too. And I hate saying that, because I feel like I should. Like, the idea of you telling me that there's going to be an Ant-Man and a Wasp movie sounds fucking so good. And then it's like, it kind of just bums me out. It's like, man, that movie's just okay. Just, yeah. Like, yeah. it's one of those movies, like, like I mean, I don't want to be hate-mongering or anything like that. But, I mean, it's really one of those movies I kind of feel like, if you never watched that movie, you'd never be missing out on anything. There's, like, it doesn't add anything to the storylines or whatnot, but, um... Well, I'll be 100% honest with you. Um, and this might make me sound dumb, but when it when the first Ant-Man came out, I actually assumed that, like, okay, they just made this movie so they can introduce him in the next Avengers movie. That's, that's all I, I assumed. Like, oh, they're making another Ant-Man, which, of course, makes fucking sense, but... Just like, you know, I, I feel like that probably would have been the same thing with... I mean, I guess that's kind of like their, their game plan. Like, all right, we'll throw it out there. See if people like it. Chances are we'll do good. Chances are we'll get a sequel. But if not, we'll at least throw this character in other movies. Yeah. They can always do that and so on. But no, like the Miss Marvel one, I liked how it took place in like the 90s. Kind of changed up the pace a little bit. You know what I mean? That kind of took a toll for... Or like took a like... I guess a look from like DC for that kind of stuff. But then... um it kind of was kind of they they, they kind of had like the music of the time period. I mean, sometimes that like kind of like right on the nose like tunes can be kind of a little bit kind of like roll your eyes. Like, well, I mean, I know it's nineteen ninety five. That doesn't mean you're always just going to hear that everywhere. But um, it still kind of worked because it kind of felt like oh, it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. I guess that's kind of what they want. They want another little soundtrack. I will say when she gets thrown into the blockbuster and there's the fucking True Lies stand up that uh, Ryan over at um, the Arnold fans or Arnold Radio News podcast. I love how he has one of those in his like basement set up for his podcast and i remember seeing him like dude there's the stand-up that he has right there <laughs> i bet he noticed that he's like oh, i pretty, pretty then at the same time though just like they caught it on fire you don't sets arnold on <laughs> yeah, fire they blew arnold's head off and so on you know at first second i thought it was like you know tomorrow never dies or something like that for a split second yeah well i noticed there was, there was actually quite a bit of arnold schwarzenegger movies because when she was walking down the row of films you know there was like the last action hero vhs and like pretty much was like felt like i just looking at my own room i'm like shit i have like half those movies right there 
Well, they said a big inspiration for this was Terminator 2. Huh, kind of an interesting way to go about it. I guess well, it, I guess if you, they, they said they wanted to pull from 90s action movies and kind of uh, unlikely team-up type things. So, Samuel Jackson as John Connor? John Connor, yeah. <laughs> now, that's a movie I would love to see. It's just like, can we get Samuel Jackson, like, okay, you know how we use the technology to make him younger? Can we make him so young that he's like a 10-year-old boy now, and he's John Connor? <laughs> Just, like, put his head, like, on uh, on the kid's head in that movie. But he still has Samuel Jackson's voice. Like, he's like, stand on one foot! <laughs> Up high, down low, too slow! <laughs> that, that would be... You promised! You promised! I order you not to go, motherfucker! <laughs> no one's explaining why, like, this, uh... This... Why this child? Why this child? Why this ten-year-old boy has the face and voice of a of a sixty-year-old black man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But everybody just goes along with it. But uh, well, that's the other thing I thought was kind of cool about this movie is like it's not really sold as this, but it's kind of like it's also a Nick Fury movie as well too, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of at some point is like, okay, they're gonna do a Nick Fury because Nick Fury is kind of like one of those characters like they use him as like the shoe in character to kind of bring everybody together. But it's like you know, Nick Fury is also a full fledged pretty much superhero as well, you know, at the same time. It's like he used to be, like, very prevalent in comic books, and then all of a sudden he just kind of got put to, like, the chair and just said, like, okay, you you bark orders from here. Show up every once in a while. Yeah, that, they kind of do that now. Well, they actually even update, because originally uh, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury, he popped in Ultimate Comics. Because, like, you know, rebooting it, it wouldn't be cool if Samuel Jackson was Nick Fury. And then when they started doing the movies, like, you know what? Let's go Ultimate Nick Fury, because fuck it, Samuel Jackson. If everyone wants to see that, why not? I, I think it's the Avengers and, cartoon show where, like, I, I want to say that's the one it is, where they do, like, the half-half, like, the 50-50 blend of Nick Fury, where he looks like... He, the hair. he looks like Samuel he has, Jackson, but he's got, like, the white hair, like, the little side things, sort of like the Reed Richards style. But but then what they did in the comics was, I'm not sure what happened to OG Nick Fury, but now this version of Nick Fury is in the comics, and they got a point across, and then, like, the mainstream comics, and I think they got it across that, oh, this is... Nick Fury Jr. So Samuel Jackson is like Samuel Jackson. Nick Fury is the uh, son of OG Nick Fury. So that so now it correlates with the movies. Well, because really at the, at the end of the time or the olden days, um, old school Nick Fury is same era as Hasselhoff. Captain America. You know, well they yeah, have Hasselhoff as well too for the movie. But like that's how like old Nick Fury is supposed to be. So it's kind of like, well, we can't have like a ninety-five-year-old man like fucking walking around kicking ass and command orders. I'm like, well, I don't know. That sounds pretty cool when you say it like that. Just a World War II vet who won't fucking die. He, we, you know, we can't. We just thought he. We, we honestly, we didn't. If he, if we knew he was going to live this long, we wouldn't have given him this position. In all honesty, we wouldn't have given him that fucking parking spot. Maybe that that's the thing. That could be old school Nick Fury's superpower is he's a World War II vet that can't die. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but um Hitler tried, many tried, but none of them can get me. <laughs> but that's the one thing is I definitely like that part of the Miss Marvel movie quite a bit, is the fact that um yeah, you focus a lot on Nick Fury, because I just think that's kinda cool in itself. It's you know what I mean? It's not a character kinda like Hawkeye that I kinda always hoped, even if he has like the secondary role in the movie, like that you can pretty much make a movie that's like, you know, somebody in Hawkeye. You know, at the end of the day, why not? I was gonna say, you keep saying Miss Marvel, uh, but didn't you say cause like in Sonora, yeah, your ticket stub literally said Miss Marvel. 
I want to say it did. I, let me check. I mean, that's how I asked for the movie. I literally typed it in online to see what time it was at, and I typed Miss Marvel, and that movie popped up. I didn't think anything of it. Then when I went to buy my ticket, I asked for Miss Marvel. Nobody questioned what I said. It just says Marvel, actually, on that one. But um, Okay. So it makes it sound like I went to every any Marvel movie. It's like, can I, can I see the Marvel movie, please? <laughs> one for the I thought it was one of those things like Sonora, just like, all right, you... You think you're a captain, but but so you're row, honey. Look, come on, Miss Marvel. Let's go with that. All right, don't worry about it. Like I, I literally never knew this movie was called Captain Marvel until you said that. Like I always thought it was Miss Marvel this whole time. Really? Yeah, I really did. But here's another thing I thought about this movie. This movie never had any trailers in theaters. Or I mean, it might have at somebody's theater, but like I go to movies like every single week. Generally, you see like a movie like this, you would have saw probably the trailer like almost every single time. They never showed it. It, going into this, because I saw the trailer a lot for this. Dude, going into it, did you know it was going to take place in the nineties? I had no, I, I had absolutely no idea what this movie was about. All I knew was about was Miss Marvel. That's it. So they you went into this movie totally blind, then? Yep. They never showed a single trailer. They never had anything on it. You know, I mean, I, mean, I know the trailer was online and so on, but I never watched it because I only like to see trailers in the theaters. So going into it, I think maybe that's probably why I enjoyed it even more too. Is like, I mean, that and it's like I've never read really Miss Marvel other than when she appears in the Avengers comic. You know, or that time that fucking Rogue, or Rogue absorbed her power. So that's about all I knew about her. So sometimes that kind of makes, I think, the experience better than somebody who knows every single, like, nuance about a character. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, like, as I said, like, I still enjoyed it. Because, I mean, it had, like, the Top Gun vibe going for it, too, you know. And it had one of the best Stan Lee cameos I've ever seen. I, I do have to say. When I saw oh, the that, Mallrats thing? I was like, dude, that that right there is, like, the deep cut, like, Stan Lee, like, cameo. I'll say this, um, something kind of jumping over near the end, I know that earlier we were talking about the music they chose, like it was very on-the-nose 90s music, and I, I heard a lot of people complain about, because the, the, one, of the, the, like, no one of the final fights, not, yeah, they start playing No Doubt, I'm Just a Girl, and I know it's kind of they're trying to beat it over the head of just, because you know that song is very sarcastic, and kind of like, fuck off, I'm going to do what I want, and... That was probably, and I hear a lot of people complaining about that part because they think it seemed a little too on the nose and it was taken away, like, the dramatic moments of the movie for that scene. But I didn't take it as that. I actually really liked that part. And maybe because I liked that song, but I thought it was one of those things where, I don't know, I didn't really take that scene as that intense. I, I thought I took that as more of, like, a scene that was meant to be like, oh, fuck yeah, we're going to have some fun. That kind of scene that kind of meant to amp you up, sort of, rather than be, like you know, comical or dramatic or anything like that. Because there are people saying, oh, it took away all the dramatic gravitas previously. I'm like, I don't think it did, really. I thought it just was, hey, this is kind of like, you know, a scene out of Guardians of the Galaxy, almost. Well, And I think that's exactly what they were going for when doing it. I mean, I will say myself that it did kind of take me a little bit out of the scene because you kind of had all this orchestra music and then all of a sudden it switches to that. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was a bad choice, but I could kind of see... It's one of those ones, like, if you saw two edits of it, like, here's the edit with that song, here's the edit with just the action orchestra music. I don't, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what one kind of works better. I mean, with the way the rest of the movie was going, they kind of had that Guardians of the Galaxy sort of filter of music over it, but what I kind of still liked is the movie was kind of taken more serious like a Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't overblown with comedy. There's definitely comedic moments in it, but it wasn't like com- comedy um, po- uh, stacked upon comedy. Something they did a good job of because they were in the marketing. They're trying to trick you and make you think Jude Law was Marvel, that he was the original Captain Marvel, but he's not at all. He's just this punk ass 
guy who's trying to control her and trying to train her, and then she's like, fuck off, I'm doing this my way. And they make it that Marvel is, oh, Marvel is, rather than being Captain Marvel, Marvel is actually the lady who is the scientist and all that. One thing that pissed a lot of people off, and you know, they can go back and change this because it's, you know, 20 years later. I, I mean, I was kind of like, it didn't piss me off, but, you know, it used its lore against me, my, my knowledge. Spo- spoilers ahead here. Uh, making the scrolls sympathetic and good guys. That was one of those things like, wait, 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 what? What? You know, oh, okay. I, I like that because I didn't see that coming at all. And I thought that's what yeah. made it kind of cool. I was like, you know what? That's that's an interesting twist on there. Why not? Let's do let, let's just do it. You know what I mean? I felt it worked for that movie. You know what I mean? For that story, I know that the scrolls have always been just like the most evil, baddest like nation around that you can't trust whatsoever, but like I felt like that was kind of like, eh, you know what? That was kind of an interesting twist on there, you know? Cuz here's the thing. These are all adaptations. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I think the Marvel people sometimes kind of take things a little bit too literal because, for the most part, mostly a Marvel book, you only have, like, one or two story iterations. There's kind of, like, original Marvel, then there's, like, ultimate Marvel, and every once in a while there's something kind of, like, else thrown in there where, like, I feel like in DC, you're kind of given so much Elseworlds and so much, like, other stories that you're kind of used if something kind of changes a little bit. It doesn't throw you off nearly as much. Yeah. But I think Marvel yeah. people get like, what? I didn't do that in the comics because, I mean, I, I know... We've had some friends before where, like, they flipped out during some of these Marvel movies because they like, it wasn't the exact same thing as the comic. And I was like, well, don't expect it to be the exact same thing. I don't expect it to be the exact same thing. I mean, thing, like, granted, yeah. like, I think a lot of times if you want to do a movie 100%, you probably should do it the exact same thing as a comic. But if you don't do it that way, I'm like, I, I just kind of, it's adaptations. That's like, pretty much every adaptation's always kind of been like that, you know what I mean? So if you ever get the few that are pretty much like, oh, shit, that's pretty much, like, exactly how it is, then it's almost like, well, that's pretty sweet in itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was I going to say? Because I, I thought it was also smart. It's like, okay, they got Ben Mendelsohn to play like the head scroll, and he's always a villain. He is always a villain. So it was so smart to have him start off as a villain, just like, oh, wait, no, he's not a bad guy. Yeah, no, I thought so too. It's like, as I said, like that was just a great little twist they threw in there. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't expect One, I didn't even know the scrolls were going to be in the movie too, so I was already kind of excited when I saw that. That's the best thing about going to a movie and not knowing anything about it. That's, that's how all movies should really be seen. I think we should just ban trailers altogether. And, well, except for maybe... You need trailers for movies that nobody has any idea what the fuck it is, maybe. But um, beyond that, though, sometimes it's just like a movie poster is all you need. You know what I mean? And that's all I knew about this movie. And I think that's almost like why I enjoyed it even more. So they had Ronan in there. They had his, Ronan's right hand... Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy for a minute. Mm-hmm. His right-hand man from Guardians of the Galaxy as well. So it's like, okay, they do like. A lot of people are complaining about uh, some of the prequel-esque stuff, you know, seeing Coulson when he was young, seeing, like, how Jit, like, seeing, like, okay, that's how they got the name for the Avengers or whatever. And that stuff doesn't really raise the movie down for me. It doesn't really drop it for me. But I think that it's one of those things, like, uh, that right there is one of the things that says to me, this isn't me trying to be overtly critical, but I think that's one of those things, like, we're not so sure about the thing entirely, so let's try and ease people in with as much Marvel lore as possible. So, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, they did that kind of goofy prequel stuff where it is kind of like, just like, well, how do we come like, the Avengers? And it's like, they think, it's like, Avenger? That should be the name of the team! You know, those kind of goofy moments, you know? Or even, like, how Samuel... Because, like, the whole time I'm like, I wonder how Samuel Jackson's going to lose his eye. And I think... They, they kind of show sort of the, the goofy kind of take on it, but it's like, oh, whatever, alien cat scratches his eye out, okay. <laughs> well, even the part when he first gets into that car crash. 
I, I like and his eye and his eyes bleeding kind of and it's there's like red in it and like oh okay all right simple and done then later it's fine like oh i guess not well that's like kind of like they kind of like led you in with other stuff and then they would twist it to you at the last second and be like nope that's not it oh okay well let's keep carrying on we'll, we'll find out how he does lose his eye i cut once i saw the cat i'm like i know this is going to be how he loses his eye i kind of was like there's no way he's like way too into that cat that cat's going to turn on him at some point but then still hang out with him i love how he's so cool with that cat you know what I mean? he's like cat fucking scratches his eye he's just like whatever cat's still there at the fucking in his office later yeah <laughs> well, even the thing with the cat, um, when it, uh, well, actually, the thing with the cat, I was gonna say, um, the thing with, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah. There's a part in Winter Soldier when he says, Last time I trusted somebody, I lost my damn eye. Oh, so it doesn't really come back, so, like, I guess, unless that cat, like, maybe the neck. He's referring to the cat now, so it's one of those things. <laughs> oh, there's a thing of, there's, like, this thing of, like, oh, man, who fucked him over? Like, oh, this cat. <laughs> this fucking cat. That, well, that was the Nick Fury movie, is that, like, he has this, like, grudge match against the cat now. Goose. <laughs> they went from being friends, and then he lost his eye. Well, he just he just let the cat stay in his office because he's like it's the long it's the long haul. He just if he immediately attacked the cat right there, the cat was would see it coming. So he's like he's got to get the he's got to trick the cat into thinking he's cool with the cat. Yep. So then he can strike when at least expected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a strategic man. I know he's he's planning this stuff out. I, I really want the full. I, see, this one's ones. I'm surprised they still have not really made the full Nick Fury movie. I mean, like that seems like a given to make like such an amazing movie. It's just you got Samuel Jackson. What more do you need? Uh, I don't know if they'll ever do the full Nick Fury movie. See, I mean, you I, know what I'd they could it. do is like maybe what if Nick Fury was like in the Gulf War? I guess just trying to base it on like that. Or I guess he could be. Shit, we got Nick Fury. Or I got Samuel. Well, Jackson. you could maybe do something where it's like. It get like put them put them around with a bunch of characters that are never going to get their own movie. A bunch of Marvel characters that are never going to get their own movie, and just put them all into one movie, and not look, may, not make a team movie out of it, but just interact with them because that's essentially. I mean, I never really watched Agents of Shield, but after a while, what I'm told is each episode is kind of like, oh look, they bump into this one really obscure Marvel character. I think eventually, like Mockingbird joins the team and Ghost Rider joins the team for a minute, but that's how many seasons in before you know it's like, okay, we could watch people in suits talking about Iron Man or Captain America, or we can go watch <laughs> Iron Man and Captain Iron America. Man and Captain America. <laughs> Yeah, I know what I mean. It's like one of those ones. Sometimes I feel like they kind of like almost. Cause I think the problem with like the Agents of Shield show. It's not saying I mean I never watched it, but like they almost are like so tippy toe. Like well, we can't really use really good characters, you know? what I mean, let's just use kind of like the okay characters, so the hidden gem characters. And then even when they use something like Ghost Rider, you know that they're kind of like fuck. We could probably could have used Ghost Rider for something better than this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also one of those things of like, what was it like? Uh... I want to say Robot Chicken, I said. Like they were, um, what was it? It was like, this week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, oh man, it's a major job we needed. We, we should bring in the Hulk. Oh, we can't find him. Bring in Captain America. He's off radar. Bring in Iron Man. Oh, he's in a, he's in a, he's in like a sobriety, a, a sobriety house or whatever. Well, Black Widow. She has Pilates class. A uh, Thor, <laughs> off world. All right. Looks like we got to do this ourselves. Next week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like someone looking out the window with binoculars. Iron Man just flew by. Let me see. I just take my word for it. <laughs> yeah, th that sounds probably about right. That that's what I assume. Well, it's just what I think like Lady Sif was in an episode. Which I, and, like if there's a movie that just came out 
they would like maybe pull in like something from the movie that kind of linked to it. But like I want to, I heard that the way season one ends is it's right when Captain America reveals Shield is actually you know Hydra in hiding, and so it's like a bunch of the agents are oh shit, it's Hydra this whole time and they got to go against Hydra or whatever. So it's one of those things. Or like we've been working for Hydra, we didn't know, and you know so they start a new faction or whatever. And people from the show apparently some people I've heard I don't I don't know I've never seen the show. But some people from the show apparently have made small, quick appearances in the, some of the movies, I guess. Yeah, and I know that they keep some of the stuff out of it because they're like, they, they can't take things from the show and put it in the movies that would be too big because if somebody didn't see the show, it would be kind of confusing. I feel like the, the way that they probably should have done that show, I mean, I don't want to be like armchair director to a show I never watched, but it should have been one of those ones where it's like, okay, maybe you have a handful of these episodes where it's just a bunch of guys in the office, but then all of a sudden you have that Captain America cameo or you have that Iron Man cameo. I mean, shit, it's still Marvel. They could fucking afford that crap. You know what I mean? You had Maria You had Maria Hill or you have, pop in once in a while, and you had, I think, uh, Samuel Jackson pop in one, one or two episodes, I think. Yeah, but I mean... That's what I've been told. Like, like that's the thing. You know, even have Daredevil show up, and they have, like, you know, um, you know, Punisher. Like, just have these kind of crossovers to kind of... I feel like the sort of, like, make it feel, like, not so side of the road, sideshow, what you don't really care to... It's here if you want it kind of show. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel with this show. Just nothing about it really jumped out to me. So, and really, even when Joss Whedon was working on it, like it just didn't jump out to me because it's still. It just seems like such a. Oh, it's like all right, all right, okay. It's like you would put up with superhero shows where they never wore the costumes back in the '90s and early 2000s because that's what all you the got. fuck else did you have? So now, when you come out with a show, it's like, it takes place in the Marvel Universe! Is Marvel characters in it? Some of them! <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, one of those kind of things where you just, you're not too sure what you're kind of getting into. And, he, and this is the other thing, too. I personally, other than Nick Fury, I don't like S.H.I.E.L.D. I feel S.H.I.E.L.D.'s a bad guy, in my opinion. I, I don't like him. I saw, like, there's no way I'm going to watch a show called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because I don't give a fuck about S.H.I.E.L.D. Unless it's Nick Fury. Yeah, kind of there with you. You know, what I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really I, hate Shield, but I don't really give a fuck about Shield. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They just always kind of mind me, like you know, we're... they kind of just fuck shit up, really. Yeah. They kind of they in the comics, they kind of, oh Maria Hill especially, they kind of instigate the civil war in the comics, and they they step in the things all the time, and they kind of do more getting in the way than actually helping the superheroes out a lot of the time. So it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's sort of how I feel. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of Shield. Never, never have really liked them, and it's one of those ones like, just don't leave me in there. Not gonna start now. Yeah. I already, I've been, re- I'm already stuck in my ways. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just say it's just like you know, nobody's really won me over yet with Shield. So uh, other than Nick Fury, but I don't, he's whatever. He's just leader. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> he's just leader of it. Not that big of a role. Well, it's you know, it's like one of those things. Like, dude. You're cool, but you gotta get your fucking company in shape, because these guys fucking suck. I mean, I thought I thought Robert Redford was cool. Turns out he was a Nazi, so that's too bad. But, yeah, beyond that. But beyond that, you know, but, um... Well, going back to, like, Miss Marvel, though, it's like... See, I still think that one, it still, you know, played out, like, as I said, there wasn't that many, like, comedy bits in there. There wasn't, like, the typical Marvel stuff that sort of, like, 
can kind of bring down a movie. I mean, it did definitely play it safe like usual because that's how I always feel. The Marvel formula, ne- you, you never feel like it's going to be really that ballsy. I think just because once Disney's involved, it's too hard for them to go like really fucking ballsy with anything. You know, it's going to be always in that safe family sort of zone. But um, well, they don't they don't go ballsy with violence, but they can get ballsy in like some other way. I think. I think there's sometimes not this movie's not an example of that, but every so often they'll do something like, oh, you know. That's kind of different. I don't think I've seen a superhero movie do that before, so I give you guys credit for going there. This movie didn't really do that a whole lot. It's just kind of like a fun, safe adventure movie, really. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's definitely one of those ones, like... It's like it's it's in that kind of the section of the Marvel ones where it's like I would probably never really go out of my way to buy it. It's one of those ones. Maybe if you ran across it at the pawn shop for, like, three bucks, I would pick it up, and that's not saying anything really against it. It's just... Eh. Too many t- movies, too little time. Yeah, too many movies, too little time, and you know what? My money's going... Towards like a DC movie, most likely. That's just that's just the way it is. Like a Marvel movie really has to win me over for me to go out of my way and buy it day one. I think also the Disney this always never helps it too. Because in the back of my mind, it's always like, where hell do you want Disney to be getting that money, that twenty five dollars of yours? Because they're they're never the same price as everybody else's Blu Ray. Like a comparison of like an example where Marvel may have been a little ballsy, but uh, in a different way. I'm going to say a movie like Black Panther was ballsy. Just the idea of like, okay, we're going to make a movie this size with a mostly black cast, which most superhero movies this size usually don't get. And on top of that, the main villain is going to be inciting a race war. So and the, so it's like, and that's a, well, it wasn't a big summer movie, but it was like something big enough to compete with a big summer movie. So I'm going to say that's ballsy in that aspect. Um but then you get, but as far as, like, I guess we're talking, like, you know, ratings, as far as, like, subject matter, like, violence or something like that. No, they're never really going to be, I don't think they're ever going to reach that point too much. Maybe once the crossover happens with Fox, I think they might let Deadpool be Deadpool because they yeah. like money and Deadpool brings in money. But maybe Captain America or whoever won't be in it. Yeah, I, I feel that's kind of. I still feel that they'll probably keep the Deadpool movies sort of off to the side. Like the, you know, it's like, well, you're the redhead stepchild, but here's the thing: you make money, so go out there and suck that dick and bring us the money in. But we don't want to see your face around here, around the office anymore. Well, the thing, Deadpool, even though like a lot of people watch Deadpool now, Deadpool is a character who knows his audience, and I think he knows there's a film mind. So I could totally see them acknowledging that the Matt, like, you know. He just got bought by Disney, so he's just pretending he's watching his words, doing the whole fourth wall breaking, you know? Yeah, they'll, 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 they would work it in, you know, to a Disney kind of ploy joke, but... um, Maybe even to the point of, like, where you see him in an office trying to talk to somebody, and you see, like, over the chair, you just see two ears, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you could have, like, little inside jokes like that. Not saying it couldn't work. I, I do think that that one, to me, is going to be one of those interesting ones, though, because it's like... Ooh, I don't know. It's like the whole reason why uh, Into the Spider-Verse was so good is the fact that you al- you kind of have an outside company, you know, to make some decisions and not just pure, strictly Disney, you know. It's like Sony's, here's for example, Sony's like a gamut. It's definitely like, they're, they're sort of like some Marvel comics. They're like a roll of the dice. You don't really know what you're going to get. But by having that kind of roulette system, you can get some amazing movies in the process. You just might have to have a couple other ones in between. <laughs> The thing about that, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tr- totally discredit Sony for Into the Spider-Verse, but I don't think I don't think it was really Sony execs that 
really got that movie, made it really what it was. I just think, like, we don't fucking know. And then you had, you know, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and the director. I forgot, I forgot his well, name. Well, yeah, I mean, like... They, they, all had, they all had a vision. And, like, look, we really want to make something, and we wanted to kind of do it in the spirit of kind of make a really good Spider-Man movie, but do kind of our Lego humor-esque kind of... Uh, our Lego movie-esque humor, in a way, but tone back on that, maybe lean in on the drama a little bit more and like okay all right yeah yeah, yeah. all right all right you know i i honestly think that by that point sony was just like just fucking something because they like their animation studio gets a lot of their movies aren't that fucking good yeah well i'm just saying it's under the sony banner that at the end of the day it's carrying Mm -hmm. the sony flag and it's yeah yeah, it's not carrying the disney flag let's just say that That, that's what i mean by i'm not saying like this i'm not talking about the execs or anything like that i mean yeah Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it takes a good writer director and crew but um the whole point is is i feel once you're under sort of the disney roof you kind of got to follow the disney rules where i feel like Mm -hmm. sony's kind of like (laughs) <laughs> they, they they make you know they make all kinds of mistakes and they do all kinds of things right and they you know they they can stumble over the place but that almost kind of gives you you don't know what you're gonna get but that signs gives like the fact that you could get something really awesome and cool because of that where disney's kind of like no no you play it fucking safe don't you dare fucking like try to like don't, don't try to do too I think, much i think your analogy of it being kind of a roulette like we don't know what we're gonna fucking get let's just see what happens i think that <laughs> I that's a good metaphor right there because you do got to give them credit for just trying out like this movie especially when they like a year previously they put out like some bullshit like the emoji movie but at the same time though i just after that movie won an academy award and it just got all this praise and being the first superhero movie to win like something other than visual effects and makeup and okay Heath Ledger but they I mean I love that performance of the Joker but he wouldn't have won that if he de- didn't die that year yeah exactly yeah, let's, let's be truthful right there you know he not saying he didn't deserve it but they wouldn't have given it to him unless he died yeah I'm just saying that that I, I think he totally deserved it but it feels more like they just gave it to him to appease you know fans you know but anyway. Uh, I honestly feel like whoever, whatever Zony exec signed that movie off, I honestly feel like she was definitely pulling a Meryl Streep from the post. <laughs> like, I said yes! <laughs> I said yes to the Spider-Verse! <laughs> yes, yeah, These guys did all the work, but I said yes! <laughs> no, that's probably totally true. That person's probably walking around all day long saying that. But, um... But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I mean, that movie almost feels like, I mean, like, it makes kind of sense that it kind of could win an award, but I feel like two years ago, that movie would have never won those fucking awards. I feel like, I don't know what the heck happened that point. I felt like it was that and Black Panther sort of put it in this category, like, shit, I guess we have to vote for these movies. They got a black character in it. We can't not vote for them. Like, you know what I mean? Because a long time ago, I feel like you could have had the best fucking superhero movie ever. They would fucking throw it to the curb. Like, whatever, it's superheroes. Well, Black Panther, they just kind of handed him. He's like, this will shut him up. <laughs> well, that's like but, I there. Because like, you know, Black Panther's one movie's like, it's good, but it's not, like, amazing. Like, shit, there's, like, so many better, like, better superhero movies out there than Black Panther. You know what I mean? I feel kind of like when you see Cartman, like, in South Park. I'm like, okay, come on, guys. <laughs> it wasn't as good as everybody thought. I mean, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, like, I get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one of those ones, like, people, like, some people may not like it. It's, like, fucking legendary. It's like, okay, no. I think it's one of those things just... It ain't fucking Aquaman, let's just say that. (laughs) I'm going to say this. I think it's just one of those things people just have a tendency to... I think they're more of just happy that a movie that scale got made and they had, you know, 
something that was accurate to the comics and it had an all black cast and it was this, you know, real kind of like black pride movie, but at the same time was still just a really fun adventure movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, I'm going to say that I like that one more than I liked Captain Marvel. Uh, it's just one of those things where thinking back on it though, like Ryan Coogler is a great director, but I'm still probably going Creed one before black Panther. Oh yeah, totally. But, uh, but on top of that, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up. But on top of that, I just think it's one of those things like, oh, this movie is just such a landmark. Because, you know, you had people who don't go see superhero movies going to see Black Panther. Because, like, oh, my God, they're finally fucking doing this. So I can see why they, people were making such a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, did I think it was going to win any Academy Award other than, like, visual effects and costume? No, I don't. Because what, what, what ended up Green Book ended up winning, which I didn't even see fucking Green Book. But it's one of those things, like, it looks like this very Forrest Gump-ass, Driving Miss Daisy type story, you know? Oh, that is that the one with, like, fucking Viggo Mortensen driving a car? Yeah. Yeah, that, that movie just, like... I remember seeing the theaters, like, that doesn't look fun. If Viggo Mortensen was maybe carrying a sword, maybe I'd be more interested, but, uh... <laughs> People like that movie. Maybe you have to watch it and see it. I mean, yeah, it's probably like... what you probably would watch. I, I can probably guarantee this probably what it is. You probably would watch it. You'd probably be like, you know, that's pretty good. But it's a one-time watcher. I bet you anything that's exactly what it is. Because a lot of times movies that win, it's not that they're kind of bad movies. It's just that they're kind of, they're like a one-and-done film. Like They're not like, shit, I'm going to throw this on all the time now. And don't get me wrong. Some of my favorite movies have won Academy Awards. Departed. Is one of my favorite movies. But at the same time, I mean, I think majority of the time I just, I don't know. I just don't give a shit for most of the movies they end up nominating a lot of the time. Yeah, because a lot of times, like, I think most of the time you sit back and go, shit, did you guys even watch all the movies this year? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hostiles won absolutely nothing, I don't think. Like, what? The- January. Yeah, it's, they're like, fuck. well, yeah, Black Panther was February. It was like fucking two weeks away from Hostiles. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't letting no one forget about that one. Yeah, but they'd be like, yeah, but, well, Hostiles had Native Americans in it. Nobody gives a flying fuck about Native Americans. It's all about black people now. Oh, okay. They have casinos they can spend for themselves. Oh, oh, we're, we're going <laughs> at that point. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. We don't care. You know what? The Eagles might have liked them. Maybe the Eagles could take care of the Native Americans, huh? <laughs> Eagles the band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call Joe Walsh. <laughs> See if he's doing anything. <laughs> you know it's one of those ones like that so i mean that, well it's as like, i said like black panther it's still a good movie but i feel like it's kind of about that like i like it probably more than miss marvel as well too but it's in like that i call it like the center of the road like it's a, it's a solid movie it's good but it's not like let's say this it's not like fucking captain america winter soldier you know or captain america or anything it's got that captain america it sounds like well it ain't, it ain't got, well it's got captain america in it but you know what i mean i think we need more captain america well, it's one of those things where... Well, I guess that one does have Captain America. I was getting that confused with Avengers. Captain, like, shit, Captain America wasn't in Black Panther. But, the, you know, I mean, the, those movies were around the same time period. I just kind of, like, crossed them over together. He's in a lot of them, yeah. God, Chris Evans. But, um, well, it's one of those movies that... How do I put it? It's like... Uh, um, I, I, can, I can remember certain monologues and certain scenes like line for line from like part from certain Captain America movies or Avengers or even like, you know, certain Batman movies. And not just cause I like those superheroes a lot, just cause they're really well-made movies. And I kind of remember Michael B. Jordan's whole like spiel when he's like, uh, kicks the shit out of T'Challa. 
but it's not doesn't really have like oh yeah that one line or that one monologue or that one scene that I mean there's some cool action scenes mm-hmm. but there's never really that thing that really you carry with you a whole lot you know what I'm saying yeah that's I mean it's just it's just a nice solid movie but to me it, it didn't come across as like a legendary picture I mean, I mean granted I guess. It's, as far as having the whole cast and so on, that 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 itself, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from there, you know what I mean? But if you're just taking it as a movie, you're not taking it as, like, some kind of political statement or something like that, just as a movie, it's, it's a nice, solid one, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's what is. It ain't no fucking Aquaman, that's all I gotta say. Shit, they must have not saw that movie, because that was the fucking best superhero movie of the year, goddammit. Still gotta see Aquaman. I know, it comes out, like, in a week or something, I think. I can't wait, gonna buy it on Blu-ray be amazing so good so good i just like to see like it, it's literally like getting like yeah, i feel like I'm, aquaman like like black panther comes out to blu-ray like spitz scott holmes it's not aquaman <laughs> it's, it's almost like looking like well yeah that's why i bought it because it wasn't aquaman <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like one of those ones but um yeah, dude, Aqu- Aquaman, I feel like I'm talking that movie up so high to people because, like, nobody fucking saw it. So it's kind of like one of those ones where it's like... How many did Gangbusters? A lot of people saw it, but just, like, me and a lot of people in our circle didn't see it or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, people I talked to, I guess, didn't see it. Well, though some people did, but um, not as many as I would have hoped for. Not as many people that saw it as people that saw Spider-Man, you know? Because to me, it was like, when I watched it, I'm like, shit, this is probably, like, close to being, like... I mean, it doesn't have Batman in it, but, like, you know what? As far as, like, a movie being made... Out of like the modern DC ones, I think this might be the topper. I mean, I've only seen it once, so sometimes you always have to give it the second time watch to give it like the guarantee. But I'm like, I don't know. It's definitely up there. It's it's between that one and maybe Justice League. Those two are like the toppers. Hmm. Well, I heard it's like I heard it's very unapologetic. Like fuck you, we're going full superhero. We don't give a shit. Which that makes me happy. See, and that's what I liked about it because it felt like no other superhero movie has really done that yet. They always still like have their kind of like standoffishness. This one just said, "Fuck it, we're doing it. It's super. It's fucking Aquaman. Go fuck yourself." You know what I, mean? I always thought that. I always thought that, going back to the random one, Avengers two is the first one to seem full tilt superhero movie. Like they don't really beat around the bush. Like because you know every superhero movie, there's always that scene where it's just like, "Oh, we got to go talk to this guy who's not in the comics," but you know, fuck it. And then like, oh, you know what? We're just pulling a character from the comics who's not part of this comic we're gonna go see Euclid's Claw just because we can just because you know fuck we got the rights to that character he's not we don't even have Black Panther yet we're going to Wakanda for a second so like that right there I thought was cool yeah no no that that one that to me is one of the best Marvel movies out there it's Avengers 2 mm-hmm. it's funny because that's the one that doesn't get as much praise but to me it's like top three favorite yeah. Marvel movies uh, or Marvel Studios movies that one's damn good. Well, did you see Battle Angel Elite? I know it's kind of just going off topic, but that's a perfect example of like another comic book thing done fucking right. I wanted to see it. I haven't got a chance yet. It's not playing in any of the theaters in walking distance to me. That almost determines what I'm going to go see. Well, the, the upside is it might still be in theaters at least for about another month because until Shazam comes out, there's not really anything major. So mm-hmm. there's nothing really. In a sense, that means there's nothing really to knock it out yet. But. Um, that one's so was, uh, fucking good. That movie's right at, at the moment. That's my top movie of the year. I ha- I've heard people say like they were because you know for a minute I was a little nervous for that movie because I'm pushing it back. Like it's coming out in Christmas. Well, now it's coming out in January. Now it's coming out in February. You know, well, shit. It was even, it was coming out last summer. That's how like that was the original date. 
And they just kept on pushing it back and pushing it back, so I was worried for it. But then hearing people say, you know what? It, like, the overall consensus what I hear for it. Like, you know what? Not perfect, but a really fun movie. That's kind of what I'm hearing from a lot of people. So without that alone, though, I mean, I already like sci-fi, and I'm, I'm hoping for more good anime slash manga live-action adaptations. So hopefully this is one of them. Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because it's kind of almost like it has that thing where it's like, okay, just replace the Japanese characters with Mexicans. And it like, and it's like, it kind of oddly, you can't call it whitewashing. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's one of those weird ones where it's like, it kind of works in a goofy way. Like you feel like people would kind of bitch about that, but like, it's like, I don't know, Mexican don't versions of it. Like, I don't know. It's like, it works. I heard someone bitching about Speed Racer being like, okay, so if you don't like Speed Racer, you don't like Speed Racer. Like, well, no, I think it should be as true as possible. I think they should be speaking Japanese to each other. It's like, all right, okay. Uh. You know, well, I mean, you have to make a Speed Racer. They can't please this fuck. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, Battle Angel, like, I mean, like, I probably would say, it's, yeah, maybe not, like, exactly a perfect movie, but it's damn near fucking good. Like, it's like a 3.5 out of 4. Like, I mean, I can see, if you weren't really into sci-fi or you weren't into, like, the comics or anything like that, it might not jump out at you, but I'll say this. I, I, I took my dad to go see it, and he loved it. He thought it was amazing. So, go figure. Well, there you so, go. A, a Japanese manga can, like, appeal. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I guess the, always the right ones can. My dad, like, Cowboy Bebop and things like that. I feel it's like as long as it, as long as it doesn't have the goofy, weird character in it that's going to turn people away, you're, you're kind of golden. But, um, no, that Battle Angel one was, like, it was real dialed in. I, I think the only thing that it probably could have made it slightly better, in my opinion, is if it was just rated R. Because the, the, the manga's super violent. So it's kind of missing yeah. that out. I mean, granted, it's a robot, so a lot of times you're like, robots don't have real feelings. <laughs> so you can kind of get away with some of the violence that way. But I mean, like, in the manga, like, they, like, brutally fucking murder people, like, left and right in that thing. And it's really badass looking. So, like... I saw the OVA, and yeah... Yeah, the OVA like... is really good, too. I, that's one of those ones I always want to do. I want to do a retrospect on that one when that movie was kind of coming out, and then we just never got around to it. One of those backburner mm-hmm. ideas I had in my head. That I didn't even tell you about. Like, we should do this! And then, next thing you know, you forget about it. Clearly, there's a stigmata thing going on, because right when that movie was coming out, I was I actually looked up the OVA and watched it, so, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the OVA is very similar. It's like, it's, that's almost like, feels like the quick version of how the movie is, because the movie's kind of nice and long to sort of capture a lot of the stuff from, like, books one, two, three, and four, and kind of put it all together. Really impressive. I, I think this right here, it's like one of those ones, like, I think this will kind of be the first very big stepping stone for pretty much anime manga movies for American. You know what I mean? Or made in America type stuff. I think this one kind of is. Because it's kind of like, it worked its way up. You know what I mean? Like, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, you know, everybody can put down Dragon Ball Z, but it's that odd one where it's like, it's Stepping Stone 1. <laughs> well, you know what? If Detective Pikachu does good. I mean, I know that's also a video game. But if Detective Pikachu is a good movie. I mean, the movie's going to do good. Yeah, there's that no movie's gonna fucking do doubt. There's no way that movie doesn't, no way that movie doesn't at least kill its opening weekend. But... As far as critically, I actually got a, I got a faith in that movie. Sonic, we'll see what happens. I'm not like being as dis- I I mean I know I was kind of talking about how bad the one version of him looked than the first when they did the silhouette thing, but seeing the other stuff they put out recently, like okay, he doesn't look as bad. I mean, he doesn't look amazing, but he doesn't look as bad as I thought he'd look. So no, I, I think it I think it's kind of going well because you know because really I think especially just like let's just say straight anime manga like maybe not like video game movies. Like, really, it's like, what was it? It was Dragon Ball Evolution. Then it went into Speed Racer. Then it went to, um... God, was there anything in between Ghost in the Shell? I don't, I don't even think so. I almost... 
was Blood the Last Vampire? I thought that like was a, a Japanese one, but maybe I could be right. Was that a Japanese well, one? Maybe I'll say this. Japanese. That's a straight-to-DVD movie, so... Oh, don't count it. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I don't mean to say it like fucking like an Oscar person. Like, doesn't matter. Didn't go. But, like, let, let's just say big screen. You got to come out to the cinemas. You got to come out major motion picture. I'm going to count Death Note, even though it's not big screen. It's Netflix. But at the same time... Because, you know, Roma, well, that was a Netflix movie that made it... That, no, Roma was a Netflix movie that made it to the Oscars. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count Netflix. But, and it's done by a director who did theatrical films. I thought, I, so I I thought gonna, the, the, the Death Note one... Oh, I guess it is. It's the Full Metal Alchemist one that's Japanese. I was like, I was going to say, I'm like, I thought... Yeah, that one was bullshit. That's kind of sad that that one kind of was. Because the... Not Inuyasha, I mean, um, the um, uh, fucking Samurai X movies. Those ones are fucking oh, yeah. amazing. All three of them, that trilogy... Oh yeah, well, the whole thing with um, but those ones are Japanese, so I kind of like you kind of expect a little bit more when it's that's well. Full Metal Alchemist was a Japanese one too, but the thing with that was it just does the thing where it really condenses a lot of shit into one movie, so it just feels really rushed. I'm like, I could read the manga for this, so it, it kind of sticks too close to the source material, but kind of condenses too much, too much, you know. So it's like, you know what? I mean. Not to mean this guy, I don't want to sound like a snooty, privileged American, but the visual effects don't look as good as they do here. And on top of that, it's just like, I feel like I could be watching the anime right now and it would just be, you know, does, does it, better. Does it have like the Dragon Ball Z kind of like Kai feel to it where it just kind of, or not Kai. Yeah, Kai, where it like, it feels like they almost just cut too much out story-wise. Like, I kind of like it when it lingers kinda. here and there. Like that that spacing kinda. is almost what, like, what makes it kind of like stick into like, you know, like why you remember these episodes. I'm going to sum up the whole movie right here for you. Um, it opens up. They're trying to bring their mother back. And then it abruptly cuts. He's chasing the priests through, like, the streets of Lior. And uh, they come across the stone. They realize the stone is fake. They go to uh, to the capital. That's where they introduce the other characters, like Hawkeye and Mustang and all them. And they're still looking for this thing. And that's where the homunculus come in. They're tracking down the homunculus within the city. And then I want to say... I don't remember if they come across the... You know, it, it's, it just really condenses a bu- bunch of the manga in the show into one little, like, two-hour, hour-and-a-half movie. And it's just really rushed. And they, that's where they also get in the whole thing with um, Scar killing the homunculus... Not homunculus, the chimera child dog thing you know so it was just it was just one of those things it was just like eh, whatever hmm still sounds kind of interesting but yeah i mean you see you see in the show you read the comic you know what's gonna happen yeah it's just I, all I mean, that condensed and that's always the that's always about, the toss-up between like do you do an adaptation or do you just do it like as the page now granted i guess here's the thing if somebody what do you think if somebody watched that who never saw the show or never read them. Anymore. I don't know what they think. I'm not sure what like they think. Like, if you think, sat your dad, they yeah. probably... They'd... Well, first off, you say, like, why are they speaking Japanese? <laughs> first thing. But, um... Other than that... Like, wait, so this is magic or some bullshit? Like, no, Dad, it's 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 science. It's not fucking science. What is this horse shit? You know, so... Yeah, that, that, that one probably wouldn't get that far off the ground. No, it wouldn't. I mean, I feel like only people that really like this movie or people who like the anime or the manga. Because I don't think it's changed anybody's minds. Yeah. And um, I, it's like something like Batman. There's 80 years of Batman. So you can pick and pull and Frankenstein some crazy story together. Same thing with Avengers. Same thing with Captain America. Same thing with Spider-Man. And that's what 90% of superhero movies do. So that's why I think those can work. 
Now, I never read the uh, Roni Kenshin manga, but I watched the show. So I don't know, maybe it's just following the manga really closely, but I felt like the show, I mean, the, the movie did this good job of just like, it kind of got a lot of the points of the first, of like the first, of season one, but it focused on other things and kind of like, you know, how do I put it? Like kind of a, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for here? It emphasized on certain things and it's just like, okay, this was originally a kid's show. We know they're a little older now. So we're just going to, we have no problem making it a little bit more R. We have no problem making it a little more violent. We don't give a shit. Well, that's what I just loved about that movie is they just treated it. They took, like, almost, like, because the show, at least the American kind of dub, is kind of goofy. Like, you watch the Samurai, like, X, like, the, the anime movies, and those ones are, like, very serious. But for some reason, the show kind of has, it almost feels like it can fit right, you know, between, like, you know, like, the Saturday morning, like, kids block section. Those, the, 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 the I'm not sure. Maybe the manga was way darker. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming probably the manga was, but it, as I said, it might be the dubbing, because a lot of times sometimes the dubbing kind of does it, where what I liked about that live action movie is it's just like, it's serious, and it just treated it like a fucking full on, like, live action samurai movie, and then it was just like violent and just so good, like fucking action. Like, I was sold the whole way through in that trilogy, and that's one of those ones where it's like, you know, I, I watched, you know, Rody Kenshin here and there, you know, and I saw, like, the Samurai X movie and so on, like, a few other things, but not, like, so much so, like, I wasn't as, like, I didn't see it, like, everything, like a Gundam Wing or, like, a Cowboy Bebop or, like, Dragon Ball Z or something like that. That show was one of those ones where I just saw occasionally. So maybe I, that, that sometimes also kind of maybe is like, okay, the movie sort of fills in the blanks. Where I could maybe see, like, say if you sort of knew a Full Metal Alchemist, but you didn't really, like, you're like, oh, that one always looked interesting. I just never got around to ever seeing it. Would the movie be maybe more appealing for that kind of audience? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, for that person who's already open to Full Metal Alchemist, they might as well just go watch the anime. Because they're already watching this thing that's not in English. Okay, so maybe that's... they're on an airplane. They have two hours <laughs> to get Really narrowing it down. Okay, so it's between Full Metal Alchemist and Legally Blonde 2. Well, you're probably going to go with Full Metal Alchemist, I'm going to guess. Maybe? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, so good. We, we got that point across. That's all that mattered, but... um. I don't know. Maybe. I, I watched it, and I just... I I, I watched the whole time, and not to be a dick, and not trying, I'm not trying to shit on nothing here, but I mean, I, I felt nothing watching it. Like, so I, I, I just felt like I was just, I could have been watching the anime. That's all I thought. So if if they made, I think that's also the other thing that works kind of for Battle Angel Alita, because the only thing it has anime wise is just that one movie, and it's like an hour long. It's like a short one. It's an OVA one. So I think that kind of makes it kind of nice, because I think when things have sort of like an anime and they have all this other stuff, it's kind of like, why bother? You got so much other media. What What's one more? Where this one's like, it's literally just coming straight from like the book, really, at the end of the day. That's it. I mean, I guess well, kind of has... Here's another Here's another example. Uh, did you watch Umbrella Academy? No, not yet. I'm, I'm so bad about like things on Netflix. That's like one of those ones where I'm like, okay, out of all the things that came out on Netflix, I would watch that one more than a lot of the other ones, but I don't know what it is. It's, to me, it sounds like the goofiest thing ever because that's probably the easiest way to watch stuff. That sounds like the most amount of work for me to watch stuff. It feels like it's easier for me to go to the theater or to throw a DVD or Blu-ray on, but for some reason, Netflix always sounds like... Maybe it's just the intimidation of like getting into the screen and there's just too much choices. It kind of reminds me of like TV and channel surfing. Like I don't know what it is. Like, it gives me anxiety, maybe. I'm not too sure. <laughs> don't tell anyone... That Netflix choices, <laughs> too many choices, too many choices. I don't know what it is. Like, remember in the '90s when we just didn't get choices. Wait my therapist hears about this. Don't say that. That is something some baby boomer is gonna say. 
You won't believe the shit I heard on this fucking podcast. Ah, what's the pod? I get the podcast? I don't fucking know. I don't know why I downloaded it. I was curious. But this fucking millennial on here telling me Netflix gives him anxiety from too many choices? What the fuck is wrong with this generation? Yeah, don't give him fuel. <laughs> well, he might be like, oh, but he did say he'd rather go to the movie theaters or, you know, watch movies on, like, physical copies. So I feel like I'm kind of like, it's a mixed bag for that guy. He's like, I don't know where to go with this one. <laughs> I also don't know. Should I watch this Full Metal Alchemist <laughs> movie? Uh, I like fantasy, but I don't like Japanese people. But I do Whoa, Phil, like what? I can say up. it. There's none of them around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is that generation gap. Okay. Yeah, we, we got to that point or whatever. Well, that's all I got to say. At the end of the day... I'm kind of glad that they finally are having, like, the anime movies come out. And I think, you know, because I like the Ghost in the Shell. I mean, I know that, like, once again, not a perfect movie, but, like, I was still pretty impressed with it. Also, I guess if you can have a movie where you have, like, my least favorite actress ever in it, and I'm still won over by it, that's a pretty good job right there. I'm still kind of like, uh, uh, okay about that movie. I wasn't blown away by it. That was another example of me watching it, because, like, all the original, all the choices they made that were their own weren't really the best part of the movie and all the stuff that was the best part of the movie was just kind of like copying what the previous movies or show did. Mm -hmm. So, and I guess you can say, oh, well, this Batman movie took this much of Dark Knight or this much of Long Halloween, but I still feel like they those can kind of have like this signature to them where that movie, everything, like it looked visually, it wasn't like a bad movie. It wasn't god-awful. But I, 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 I just kind of made me like, oh, you know what? I liked the other ones more, and I felt like it was just kind of like just looking through a live action lens for some for some scenes, and because I didn't like the whole like, who am I? What's my past? Like, I don't. Yeah, because she had none she, of that in the other one. She was a fucking hard ass bitch who knew who she was. She was she was basically robot Clint Eastwood lady. <laughs> That's what she was. Well, see, she like you, you didn't fuck with her. You knew she knew what she was. And she was fucking one step ahead of the bad guy in a lot of ways. They, I, I get they're trying to make her more vulnerable, but I don't know. See, that that's the difference between, like, the 90s and nowadays. Because nowadays everybody has to be like, ooh, feelings, or so on, like that. Like, <laughs> there was something that made me laugh so hard. It was like, well, these ones, there was, like, at this gun show or whatnot, there was, of course, a Trump booth there. Because why, why, why would there not be? <laughs> yeah. And there, there, there was a T-shirt, though, that they had for Trump to just maybe just laugh almost. Because it almost even reminded me of this. It was just fucking hilarious. It was just like, Trump, 2020, fuck your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't help but laugh. Like, it, was, it was so fucking funny that I was almost like, that, that's pretty fucking clever right there. And I will say, like, that, that that's like one of those ones, like, Probably if you had, like, if you just had, like, maybe, like, a libertarian guy fucking running for president, that's, like, what his campaign slogan was, it'd be like, dude, that guy's, got, your that guy's got my vote. Shit. <laughs> Fuck your... Well, you know Because that's kind of how I feel, like, because nowadays everything's got to be like, oh, what's the emotion? What's, what is the character feeling? What is this? Where in the 90s be like, I don't give a fuck. Do what I want. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm ripe and young. I'm 58. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, it's funny just like how like, because nowadays it's like a lot of people still always look down upon like those type of characters, which I, they go like, oh, they're one-dimensional archetypes. That's why Judge Dredd and Punisher can't work nowadays. It's like, oh, fuck yourself. Those guys can always work because shit, there's always problems out there in the world. And you know who fucking solves problems? Punisher. And you know who takes care of fucking crime and order? Judge Dredd. 
Oh, we'll get there. They're, people just need to give Dread another chance. Yeah. It's a fucking amazing movie. But, I think um, we just need to get rid of people's fucking feelings and get back to what's important in life. <laughs> well, I'll say this. That shirt, it's one of those things where, you know what? It's hard to... You, you can't really argue with that. You can't argue... It's one of those things like, you can't... What do you say after that? Like, fuck you, feel... Uh, <laughs> See? It just... Conversation's kind of done. I mean, I know I probably disagree with... Who's ever wearing that shirt? I probably disagree with him just about everything. Just because, you know, I don't, I, yeah, because I, I didn't vote for a giant orange Cheeto monster in the office. But at the same time, if he's wearing that shirt, like, fuck, you win. I can't, where can I go in this conversation? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You got to give credit to that fucking t shirt. I, 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 it gave me a laugh for days. Hell, I'm still laughing about this. And this was like weeks ago. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's just the thing. It's just like I, I like I miss the old fashioned like stern action character, the one who just kicked ass and took that. Well, you know, actually, who did that pretty well? Fucking Cable in Deadpool two. Oh yeah, definitely. That well, he was even a throwback in the nineties. They're mentioning that a lot. But um, I was gonna say. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. We, we were making a comparison about like you know something that's like a straight adaptation to something that kind of takes more inspiration. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say check out Umbrella Academy, and I'm going to say it's kind of one of those things. Um, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, how do I put it? You, like, five. He's like a fucking cold-blooded killer. He has very little emotion in that, and he's like a little kid. So that's one of those things like, okay, they kept that. They kept that the same fucking thing. That's cool. Um, but It's funny enough, mm-hmm. my dad said he liked it a lot. <laughs> Your dad liked yeah, it? Yeah, like it came out, like, he's like, dude, I watched this Umbrella Academy thing last night. He's like, it was fucking awesome. I'm like, oh, huh. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, it's been so long since I read the comics, I didn't remember everything. Yeah. But watching it, I was a little apprehensive at first, because it doesn't take place in this weird, fantastical world. It has a couple weird, fantastical things about it, but it's very much in our world, and that's one of those things where you go, uh, you mean the Eiffel Tower doesn't turn into a robot and attack people? You mean it doesn't have this weird Sergeant Pepper's... Lonely Hearts Club band kind of look to it. It's just kind of set in our world. Why would you? But then watching it, I was like, you know what? It's still a good show and still has a lot of the main things about it. And I think that my girlfriend and I were watching it. And it's one of those things. She's not really a big comic book fan. But she found herself watching the show, getting into it, and then asking me comparing it to the comic doing the, the, like does this happen does that happen is this character in there you know whatnot and there's some things i'll say that between the two of them i think they both have one does something's better than the other and i kind of like them both equally i mean i kind of wish it took place in this weird fantastical world that's in the comics that's kind of weird this weird like uh gothic tim burton slash johnny quest kind of world mm-hmm. but at the same time, they just do some of the characters better in the, in the show. See, and that's kind of the thing, is if it does kind of improve on other parts, even if it does do the sort of grounded in reality thing, but, um... It's not, it's not like, overtly grounded in reality, but it's just like, okay, you know, there's, like, uh, Luther, how he's, like, how he has that crazy, like, gorilla body, and it also looks part, like, robotic and all uh-huh. that? Most of the time, he's wearing, he's, you could tell it's, like, a weird, giant body that doesn't fit his head but he's wearing like an overcoat and a turtleneck and there's at some point he gets cut and people see all the hair then he rips the thing off you see he has this giant gorilla body so it's one of those things where it's like okay so some things they beat around the bush but there's still other things they get down like i'm glad they i mean i'm glad they kept five as a cold little cold little like cold-blooded murder machine i'm glad they kept that in there 
Yeah, it still sounds pretty cool. I'd like to check that one out. And I think it kind of like, it's just like that in kind of like Ghost in the Shell. Like, I kind of feel like for some of those ones, like, I think a lot of times their target audience isn't really necessarily like the comic book fans as much. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. the comic book fans is like a bonus. Like, they're going to show up anyways to see this kind of stuff. But the target mm-hmm. audience is like the people who have never seen this stuff before, but maybe have like heard about it. You know, I mean, Umbrella Academy is one of those really odd ones because that to me is like, that's such like a lost kind of like hidden gem comic. Is when I remember when they first like kind of said they were making them like, that's a fucking weird. That's a, that's a why so soon. That's a deep pull. I mean, really. I mean, I guess here's the thing. The the thing that makes that comic kind of big, and really the only thing that makes that comic really big and stand out is Jared Way of uh, My Chemical Romance. And I don't even know if, like, nowadays, is that even, like, the biggest thing at the moment? Because, you know, My Chemical Romance was, well, like, it, it, you know, when we were in school, that was, like, the fucking hugest band. But I guess, it kind of dipped off the radar ever since they broke up. Well, I guess let's just kind of look at it from another perspective for a second. Let's just look at it strictly from, like, a producer perspective. Producers probably now keep a close eye on comics. Doesn't mean they read them. Mm-hmm. But they probably keep a close <laughs> eye. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We keep a close eye. Like, we don't fucking dare touch him, though. <laughs> don't... Yeah. Well, they probably they probably keep a close eye on comics, what's coming out. And they look at something like, I don't know, Gerard Way's been working in comics ever since, you know. I mean, he was working on a little bit near the end of My Chemical Romance's run. But he's been working on him a lot more since they broke up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he still puts out some solo work here and there. But anyway, um, so I think they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, well, Gerard Way, he already has a fan basis. Uh, you know, he he's also a comp book guy. I know we're trying to look for the next comp book to make. You know, I think people might be getting tired of all this DC and Marvel shit. Let's throw a random one out there. And this one has some name behind it. And plus, he's doing a lot of big things and getting all these awards for other books he's doing right now. So... Yeah, let's give this thing a shot. Plus, that was something they were talking about making as far back as 2010. It just took this long for it to come out. Yeah, that, that is kind of an interesting one. I just remember when it came out, or just like when they were talking, I'm like, that that's kind of a, that's an odd poll. That's like, you know what I mean? Just going for like, because it's like, even like Umbrella Academy, like, wh- who is it published by? It's like not even published by like... It, Dark Horse. Yeah, oh, Dark Horse. Okay, I, I thought it was published by even one of those, even like otter studios but okay dark horse is one of the top five so never mind i guess i guess that is pretty big then well it was just a mini series and volume three just came out a little bit ago which i had no idea about so okay oh, yeah. so you only have two volumes what are you doing they actually they mix up volume one and two like like hazel and cha-cha are prominent characters in this and they don't come in until volume two so they also you know they try and make i like here, here's another example um like, I wish it took place in this fantastical world. I like the way they expand on some of these characters. At the same time, some characters, I wish they just made Hazel and Cha-Cha faceless murder machines. I, I kind of prefer if they don't have these deeper personalities. Not saying they weren't written well. Not saying they weren't interesting. They got emotions. But I just... Gotta have feelings. I'd rather, them, I'd rather them always keep on those weird, creepy animal masks and just eat candy and torture people. I'd kind of just... Rather than keep that, because they're one of my favorite part of chapter two, but or part two. But at the same time, it's one of those things like I, you know, you got to mix it up, and I get it. they probably want to bring them back for more seasons. So I still have the part in spoilers for anybody who hasn't read it. The part in in like chapter two when like Klaus or Seance, whatever his name is, like possesses one of them, shoots one, and then turns around and says, "Look at me, I'm a fucking idiot!" Blows his own head off. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that part. <laughs> 
like I fucking died of laughter on that. See, those are those books that I've, I've always kind of wanted to go back out and grab again and reread because I really have not read the first two ones since they came out and since you let me borrow them back in the day. So it's been many, I, many years. I had to flip through it to like, who's that? Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. Like, when Vanya becomes the white violin, they, of course, drastically change it. By that point, I wasn't expecting her to wear some crazy white spandex thing. But it's one of those things like, okay, well, her skin goes kind of pale. But at the same time, though, it was a good story. So I'm not going to lie. I was a little apprehensive being that kind of like... Why they put it on the kid gloves? At the same time, though, I'm like, you know what? It's still a good show. Well, sometimes it's kind of, I always feel like, uh, is it the Netflix thing? Because to me, like, Netflix always comes across, like, I know that, like, Netflix is huge and everything like that, but they still always come across, like, straight to DVD movies when they're on Netflix instead of, like, having the, they don't have, they feel like even the biggest movie on Netflix still feels like it's, like, kind of missing, like, the same budget that they would have gave to, like, a full-on major motion picture. It feels like a TV show with a good budget. It doesn't feel like a... Now, is it a TV show or is it a movie? It's a TV oh, show. Oh, okay. Well, that, that, that makes sense a little bit more than that. For some reason, I, could, I didn't know if it was like Full Metal Alchemist, where it's like a two-hour movie or something like that. Oh, that was... It wasn't really a Netflix original. They call it Netflix original. It was made in Japan. They just brought it to Netflix here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We should probably wrap this up, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So much for sticking just to Miss Mar- to Captain Marvel or whatever, but... It, it, it <laughs> all kind of relates. It's all fucking comics. Shit, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, it's all comics. But um, but no, I, I don't know. Miss Marvel, I don't know why people would be bitching. I, I still, at the end of the day, that my, my 10 cents ends with, it's a great, solid movie. You know what I mean? Solid, like, you know, it could be a double feature with Black Panther solid. There you go. Good, fun movie. Good, fun movie. And also, check out uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, so there's all kinds of fun stuff out there to watch. And shit, nobody should be bitching about it. We got so many goddamn fucking choices nowadays. 2020, fuck your feelings. That's where we're going to end it at. That can go any way you want. It doesn't have to be a Trump slogan. It just have to be on a t-shirt. Like, I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure Trump... You can go Aquaman, fuck your feelings. <laughs> yeah, shit, because I'm pretty sure it's just whoever put together the fucking t-shirt booth. I don't think it's like Trump literally put that... They probably insert whatever. Yeah, insert whatever. Fuck your feelings. Uh, I think that's a good way to go about it, because you know what? Fuck them. Enjoy fucking life. Enjoy all these sweet movies and shit we're going to be getting. You know, all kinds of games, comics. It's it's all good. But till then, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, comics, all that fun stuff. Support the show. If any links that we throw down below in the description, you know, it just gives us a little something our way. It doesn't cost you any extra. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again, and we're out of here.